What's up, Naturalite Natterdays? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and male leaders to learn some new tricks and to find a better way. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan It's Nat- Natty Lights trying to rebrand, doing some sort of like shandy beers, and they call it Natterday. Natterday. Natterdays. Uh, all of my college friends thought it was hilarious. I was like, it's mostly water anyway. Yeah, but it doesn't really matter what the the minor taste is. It's going to taste like junk anyway. Yep, it's true. Happy 311 Day. 311 Day. I don't know about you, but I listened to 311 all day long today in in uh, honor of their uh, of their holiday. That's not true. I, I didn't. I'm, I've seen 311 before, but I wouldn't necessarily call myself a quote-unquote fan. Um, trying to think of other days you know on um um may 1st at five o'clock it'd be 5150 yeah that'd be one you know i'd be a bit more in line with what's the uh the yes album um uh um are you thinking of the rush album i don't know 2112 oh, well i could be that's not what i was thinking of. Oh, okay um uh yeah uh, yeah yes and it's got uh oh roundabout on it um Nine one oh one oh. It's just a zip code. It's a. I don't know what it is. Are we losing our our prog rock cred with all of our prog rock yeah, nerd friends? Surely, yeah, we certainly are. Sorry for everyone. Who's a yes fan. Sorry, prog rock people. Yeah. Well, well, you know, you've been podcasting for a year. You start to lose your sharp uh, edge. It's true. Yeah, guys, uh, got a little email. Some of you who follow us on social media might have seen that, but um, we released our first podcast episode one year ago uh this week and um we've (laughs) seeing that this is episode number 45 we've done pretty good but we we've (laughs) we've skipped a couple weeks i I think seven weeks in a year that's not bad yeah i mean you know that's practically a full-time job you know it's like a that's like a work week maybe yeah total i don't know it's a seven seven hours of content it's true and um you know forgive us for looking backwards but um it's been it's been quite a year for for dan and i it has personally and podcastually yeah i mean we when we started this podcast it was kind of just an idea and we didn't really know what we were doing or what we were going to talk about but we have somehow managed to uh continue to do it week in and week out and hopefully provide interesting content for you guys and um we were very different people um, yes. living different lives and different careers. And, uh, a lot has changed in the years since. Yeah. But we, we both came out the other side, you know? Yes, indeed. So wanted to just go over a couple of things that we, you know, we, we have the, the luxury and the, uh, the amazement of data. Um, and I just wanted to share some numbers with you guys. Um, and, but, and by the way, incidentally, um, because we're t- this is a business podcast. Yes, um, I don't know how any business can purport to make decisions in the absence of data. Isn't data just the answer, man? Data just you just gotta you just gotta start from something you know, and mm-hmm. otherwise you are gut feeling your way blindly along, and it's it's uh, it's just tough. Yeah, and you know, in my old line of work, which is the ministry. Uh, you know, our, our, our saying was numbers matter because people matter. Oh, so that's a little something you can just tuck, tuck in your back pocket. (laughs) And if we were looking at numbers, 
which uh, which we are want to do from time to time. Um, so we use a platform called Podomatic, which um, is just the platform in which we kind of deliver uh, the content to all of our channels. And for those of you who don't know, we can be found on uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Google's Podcast Store, uh, as well as Spotify. Um, we've actually been getting a fair amount of traction. I'd say probably 20-some-odd percent of our listener base is listening to us on Spotify. Yep. It's pretty cool. But, um, this year we have had at least that Spotify can track, which I don't think accounts for, um, Apple's podcast, but almost 6,500, uh, downloads. Yep. Which is something. That is definitely something. 6,500. And we've kind of been consistently in the top 10, um, of the performing arts, category of podcasts on this platform. Uh, I think maybe last week or the week before we were top five, we were number three Yep, behind two acting podcasts, which makes us the number one music podcast uh, on that platform. So we, um, we didn't really do that. You guys um, who have been, you know, loyal to tune in and listen to us jabber on about things uh, and have told your friends and your bandmates and, you know, kind of kept this thing going. Um, yeah. It's really true. You, I mean, Adam and I both do an ego listen. Yes, <laughs> after it goes live, but that only counts for two downloads, right? Out of uh, you know sixty five hundred. Listen, I'm looking at the um, top downloads over time mm-hmm. by episode. Okay, and the number one is a complete fake out because the platform broke and uh, faked out a bunch of numbers. But the number one most downloaded one is um, episode twelve, iPads, music stands, and clickbait. <laughs> uh, and it claims. Claims to have been downloaded 463 times, but that's a lie. It was not downloaded anywhere near that because that was that was a weekend in which uh, Podomatic um, uh, um, had a little problem. I was going to use a more graphic term that we yeah. software developers use. Um, they did something to their bed. They did. They did. They messed it, and um, and as a result, that number was messed up bad. But number two, I think, is a reliable number. Our second most popular episode, and if we're honest, probably the number one, really, because the last one was certainly a lie. Yeah. It's episode 11, How to Find Fortune and Riches in the Music Industry. Uh, Which is... And <laughs> 71 times. And um, yeah, I mean, the lesson here is clickbait works. Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, I'll have to come up with some, aus- you know, just very auspicious, I don't know if I'm using that word right. A fan- ladies and Natty Light. Yeah, Something. yeah, exactly. How to get yeah. women in, in anyway? Something. Yeah, our third most popular, and this is a little bit of a surprise, is episode two, starting a band. Hey, so that's good. Episode uh, eight is our number four most popular, which is about PAs and live sound. So we had some good things to say there, as I recall. Yeah. Um, uh, the branding episode, which I'm particularly proud of, although the audio was dire. Uh, episode four. Uh, was our sixth most popular. Song selection was number eight. Um, our number one, our premiere episode, is our tenth most popular download. Hey, even though <laughs> we really didn't have audio figured out then. No, <laughs> these days our audio only sucks if I'm in a hotel room. It's true, like last week. And um, we have ten five star ratings on uh, Apple's podcast platform. And we've got actual reviews from people who we didn't ask to. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Our shilling worked, but then there were extras. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this one. This one uh, came in fairly recently. It said, this is one of those podcasts that deserves to be heard in order. It's not so much 
news as a how-to. Maybe that'll change after the fundamentals are exhausted. I don't know when that would ever be. Uh, but this has been a great walkthrough for of both band membership and musicianship itself. Keep up the great work, guys. And one person found that review helpful. So I find you. it helpful. Yeah. It was a nice, you know, it's a little wind in our sails. Um, you know, again, when we started this, we didn't really know what we were doing and, and if anybody would listen. And, you know, we're not we're not raking in any any dough or, you know, doing Casper mattress commercials, but um we've had fun and we've learned things and we've met tons and tons of people, made lots and lots of friends. Um yep. it's been really cool. It is kinda neat to know that I could you know, I could go into any major city and, you know, meet a bunch of people that, you know, have been in touch with us. Um, I'm really trying to get into Chicago because apparently we've got a lot of people in the Chicagoland area who listen to us. And, um, I haven't been to Chicago since I was, you know, like a grown person and I bet it would be fun. Been several years for me. Speaking of geography, um, we are listened to mostly the number one country. I'll give you one guess. USA. USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two, probably just because of the language, is UK. Mm-hmm. Number three, Canada. After that, Sweden. Yeah. It's great. Followed by Australia. Sweden more than Australia. We got like, we've got what? Chile. Yeah, um, Germany. Singapore. Ivory Coast, Niger. Got some. Uh, four listens from the Dominican Republic. There we go. And then like single listens from two Asian countries that uh, I can't pronounce because they're. <laughs> Yeah, they're not in a script that we read. Yes. But yeah, so just wanted to thank you guys. Yeah. For uh, for sticking it out with us. Hopefully yeah. we continue to provide um good content and we've got some we got a couple things cooking. Um, you know, it's, it's a it's a slow slog, but uh one day we will have something hopefully exciting to share with y'all. We've we've teased it a few times and we'll continue to tease it. Yeah, because um Saying it would put way too much pressure on, and we yeah, don't have the yeah, time no, and our resources to dedicate to it fully. Too, fr- too fragile an idea right now. <laughs> Listen, Adam, uh, uh, what would you say you've learned in terms of bands and performing and all that stuff over the last year? What's the biggest thing you've, you've learned from doing all this? Um, I definitely have learned to be, um, to be more open-minded, mm. to be less, I guess... Um, covetous of my own ideas. Hmm. You know, one of the things that we've done in this, you know, in this podcast is, um, is share our knowledge. And in the exchange of knowledge, we have been, um, we've been privy to knowledge that we did not have before and have found, um, in a lot of cases that some people are doing things that, uh, never even occurred to us, uh, that turned out to be fantastic ideas. And also that, um, you know, being beholden to your own beliefs and your own kind of way of doing things, um, can stifle your, uh, progress and your momentum and, um, you know, be open to innovation, be open to new ideas, um, be open handed in general, um, and it's hard to do for for those of us who own things, who created things kind of out of thin air, um, to to let things go. But I have found uh, over the past year that uh, delegating um, has done a lot of good for me and freed me up to uh, pursue other uh, things that I'm that interest me and um, generally just lowered my overall stress level. So That's I'm good. yeah, 
What, what do you think? Uh, what have you walked away with? I mean, that your answer was way more um, philosophical, <laughs> and, uh, mature, and, you know, together than um, I. You know, in terms of my my musical performance career and life, this whole um, acoustic business is something that I really a year ago did not anticipate I would be into, and now I have you know a standing every other week gig and um, some other cool opportunities. Um, I would say I did not anticipate getting into playing with tracks. Hmm. And and now we're doing that, and it's killer. Um, one of us. One of yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how else is a four-piece guitar band going to do uh, always something there to remind me? You know, it's just... Actually... I could, it could be done. Could. I, I could I could send you a very fun arrangement that has no sense in it whatsoever. Mm, but cool. understand your reasoning behind it. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, it's been it's been great um, having a different perspective to talk to every week, and then having you know the, just the flood of input from y'all out there has been incredible. And, and um, you know, it's very very privileged to have. Uh, um, you know, put myself in a position where I was the person Adam came to to see if he'd like to, you know, if I'd like to do this with you. And, you know, glad that I um, found my way to say, <laughs> not that it was hard, but to say yes, that I'd do it. And uh, yeah, it's just all real good. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, if nothing else, uh, I have found a friend. There you go. You know, we, we are, we're, we're weird. We're a rare breed, like oh. just in general, um, musicians <sighs> yeah. and band leaders and stuff. Um, yeah. I sometimes stop and reflect on that. Like, you know, it seems like, oh, another gig, whatever. How just weird it is what we do. Well, it's just a unique experience. It's it's kind of people who are outside of the bubble don't get it. Yeah. And, you know, every time it's like a Thursday or like a Saturday or a Sunday and it's just like you, <laughs> you and me texting, I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's added um, just kind of a, a channel Yep. of communication that yep. isn't always there. Cause I mean, you know, we're all in, we're all in bands with people and you know, sometimes stuff happens and you, <laughs> you can't share it in mixed company. So right. having right. a, uh, an unbiased third party is, uh, is never a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So speaking of, uh, standing weekly events and things you never thought you would be doing, <laughs> I am hosting an open mic this week. Wow. All right. Um, a uh, friend of the pod, Jeff from the riot has, uh, has been doing it. And I've been going, um, just to kind of, you know, the members has been kind of slow re- as of recent. And, um, I just was going to do something. Um, and he was like, Hey, I need somebody to fill this. So I was like, I'll do it. So we'll see how it goes. Fun. But it's been fun up to this point. You know, it's just kind of an open jam and play songs. You, uh, I don't normally get to play like we uh, we did Funk Forty Nine, which I don't think I've ever wow. played in a in like a band situation before. Definitely yeah. played it uh, by myself at home or whatever. That's a fun one, and um, you know, kind of getting just the idea of being a guitar player back into my my mindset because yeah. um, I've been getting a lot of calls about doing that and um, trying to get my chops up, and it's been again humbling <laughs> to experience. Yeah, doing speed trials and things, and just trying yeah. to get used to it. You know, my um, my first instrument was the piano when I was five, mm-hmm. and um, these days, well, it was about a year ago. I I got that guitar and I did a gig with the guitar, and it was 
stunning to me how my hands just didn't have chords in them anymore. I had to like go back and uh, relearn yeah. key- keyboard from scratch. It was it was rough. Yeah, I, I bought the same one. I bought the the Mark II, and mm-hmm. um, I think I may have sent you some videos of me like messing around with it at home. But I yes. never, I don't think, I, I don't know if I've got the nerve, the time, or the <laughs> or the uh, the capability of actually getting that thing stage ready enough to run a whole show through it or on yeah. it. Yeah. It's just, uh, it would, it'd be a lot of work. Uh, and I don't have it. I don't have the time at the moment. Right. What ideally what I would like is for us to get a full-time keyboard player and either gift or sell it to that person so that they could mm-hmm. put it to good use. Right. That would be ideal. And then, uh, you got any gigs coming up this week? Let's see. Uh, no, I got trivia next week, and I got. Um, did I tell you the the frat party we played a month ago? We yeah, you guys, you're you're getting some repeat yeah. business. The uh, the beach party. Beach party. That's uh, next weekend. And uh, let's see on um, on St. Patrick's Day, I am playing at church. So that's probably that's really the only gig I would really want to have on St. Patrick's Day. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those it's one of those nights that. Is either going to go great or not great? I, it's like New Year's that way. It's yeah. Yeah, I'm doing two sets in a room full of 13 year olds, which is only slightly different than um, doing a regular St. Patrick's Day gig because the uh, relative maturity level is about the same <laughs> in both rooms. So yeah, yeah, that's true. But um, I, I've got a couple of friends who are playing three sets at three different venues on St. Patrick's day. Right. I just don't, I don't understand my hands would fall off. It's like six straight hours of music. That's a lot. It is a lot. Anywho. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, we can, we can shift into third, I guess at this, at this time. Um, it's talking to Dan a little bit before we got started and wanted to, I guess, wrap up our, um, our front person slash singer, uh, kind of informational session. Um, and just kind of go over, you had basically said like front man one Oh one, like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I think, um, our questions that we answered and that we dealt with had a lot to do with vocal performance, Yeah, but they stepped over the line into what it is to be a front man, woman, whatever person, a, a front human. Um, uh, which has a lot more to do with um, performance and charisma. And um, I've seen some people who were amazing front people who were only kind of so-so singers. David Lee Roth. Oh, <laughs> I you you may have to fight me about that. He's um, no. for what he for for his genre. He was pretty amazing. He no, he he is pure entertainment. One of the one of the greatest frontmen of all time. Um, totally not a great singer. And I well, not uh, operatic, but for mm, what he was doing, mm, eh. I watched a uh, I, I actually watched an entire Van Halen show from the 1984 tour a week ago, um, and he put on one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, he did not put on a great vocal performance by any stretch. Well, I yeah, I mean there were there were certainly were times live he would he was rough. That he he kind of 
I don't want to put him and Vince Neil in the same boat, but um, <laughs> they were definitely the, I'm going to sing some of the words. Yeah. It may not be all of the words, but it's definitely some of the words. Yeah. But what's well, so, the point is this, this, you know, you're, you're, you're making my point for me, although I quibble slightly, maybe I'll send you the um, link, you know, besides, no, I don't, besides I don't Alex that. Van Halen clearly being on cocaine and playing everything <laughs> 20% faster than it should be. Right. I, I swear that when they started hot for teacher, it was terrifying uh, how fast they yeah. were playing that. Yeah, I get it. It's just the finest, the finest whites anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, but the point is, you know, you actually don't have to be some stellar vocalist to be a really amazing front person. Nope. And, and what it takes is, um, there are a few things that you want to focus on if you're going to be a front person. And one is crowd connection, probably the most important one. Um, so what even is crowd connection? It's a few things. Yeah. It's, um, you know, in a venue that allows for it, it's eye contact or the appearance of eye contact. If, like Adam, you wear sunglasses, yeah, it's um, it's interacting with the crowd. It's 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 um, you know the the amazing thing that happens between a band and an audience is this exchange of energy, this exchange of you know there's a there's a communication that's um, sometimes verbal and sometimes not, and the front person is the focus of that for the band. The front person is who all of that interaction happens through. And what that what that means for the front person is you gotta be aware of the room you're playing to. You gotta be um out there paying attention to the energy of it and the space of it and and then interacting with that. You know, sometimes it, people talk some about like banter and what a front person's you know needs to you know, some shtick they have to have in their pocket. I don't know. I don't. I don't have, you know, jokes. I told one in the last episode. That's about the high, that's about the quality of my jokes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, playing that frat party, I literally, all I did was, you know, what up, Kappa Sigma? And the whole room roared. That that's works. That's, that's all, it's all you got to do. Yeah. Everybody having fun tonight? And the whole room roared. Okay. That's them Next going time. yes. Yes, that's we them are. going yes. And, um, you know, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves sometimes that it has to be something fancier than that or it has to be something more clever or, I don't know, something. Um, but it really does not. It re all it has to be is authentic. It has to be an exchange of um, uh, of acknowledgement with the audience. You know, the, I've seen bands where they're just standing there <laughs> with no eyes off the stage and just, you know, not any sense of like, well, I'm here and you're there and we're in a room together. You know, there's like a fourth wall that they're not going to penetrate. And, um, a front person's job is to get out there and get out into the room, it, maybe not physically, but like get their attention out there and yeah. get their voice out there and get their presence out there into the audience. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's the thing I would give a new front person or somebody who's struggling with this or somebody who's, you know, a, a singer but maybe isn't electric on stage. That's the advice I'd give would be to start paying attention out there. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the main the main thing is just sell it. Whatever you're doing, just sell it. Because that's what people that's what people are going to react to how genuine your delivery is. Yep. And even and I mean, and that's why a lot of these, you know, these singers can get away with 
saying the same line in every city is because they say it and they deliver it in a way that resonates with the people in the audience. Yep. Because people can tell when you're phoning it in. It's very obvious when you're phoning it in, but if you are earnest and you're genuine, you know, that's what people want. They want to feel because, you know, what what we do, what we do is magic. Like we go on stage and we create something. And and it is it is a it is a tangible product that is experienced in the room. And they want to feel like they're a part of that. And that's that's what our job is to do is to make them feel like this if you weren't here this wouldn't this wouldn't be good. That's I, I think that's what it is. If you weren't here, this wouldn't be good. Hmm. And yeah. if they genuinely feel that way, then they'll tell their friends and they'll go, "You need to you need to come too, or it won't be good." Yeah. And and just kind of convey that. And you know what you were kind of talking about. You know whether it's um, being a compelling performer, or being a um, you know a great technical singer. I think I think it's a sliding scale. I think um, you know. If you're going to turn, if you're going to dial one up, you know, one's going to go in the other direction. And that's, that's kind of the, the way you need to kind of look at it. So if you're like, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty good singer, but I, I don't really, um, I don't get this whole performing thing. Like that's stuff that you can work on, but you're going to maybe lean more on your, your technical ability, uh, to make up for the lack of charisma that you can deliver. And then, you know, you have other guys that are very entertaining who may not be the best singers and they're just leaning on, you know, you play to your strengths and, and, you know, you can kind of find the balance of how much of this do I need to be able to do, uh, in order to be successful in my performance, uh, and what can I kind of, you know, lean away from, uh, because I can lean into the other one. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there, there is also the just, you know, super talented cat who can do it all. Yeah, I would say um, Justin Hawkins from The Darkness is hmm. a superhuman because he can sing and he sings just as good live as he does in the record. And I know because I've, I've been there. Um, he's the lead singer, lead guitarist. So he's also the one ripping all of the solos and he's right. a complete monster. And then in between songs, he's English and funny and everything is funny. Mm-hmm. Like everything he says is clever and funny. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not fair. There, <laughs> like, I, I hate that guy. <laughs> I, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I'll, you know how musicians are. We'll, if we go to a show, it's very hard to turn that analytical part off. Oh yeah. Okay. So you're looking at the lights and you're looking at what everybody's doing and, you know, but I, I went to that show and I was like, God damn it. Such a great performance. Like he yeah. just, he was a complete beast. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, you're either, you're either, um, you're either that or you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I think is what it comes down to. And if you're not, then, then you have room to grow, you know? And we talked, um, some in the last couple episodes about how to grow as a vocal performer. I think, um, for my investment of time into it, the best investment I've ever done was to get some professional training. Yeah. Um, so I really recommend that very, very much. Um, in terms of 
building your stage chops, building your stage charisma. Um, there are things that you can do about that too. I, um, uh, you know, there are ways to participate in like community theater mm-hmm. or improv or, or improv for sure. Actually, I think improv would be a great thing for, um, for anybody in the band, but especially yeah. if you've got a mic in front of you, because the, the, the whole intent of improv is to be able to think creatively and think quickly on your feet. So in those moments, you can, you know, something happens or somebody says something and they inadvertently set you up so you can like deliver a punchline. Mm-hmm. Um, those kinds of things are, uh, are, are, would be super handy. And I swear every, yeah. every city in America has got an improv class. Totally. The other thing that's great about improv is it breaks down that fear that's there for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it breaks down that, you know, oh my God, I have the mic in the whole room looking at me. Yeah. Moment, you know, that, that can be really paralyzing. Yeah. You know, the, so it, it is one of the things that in order to be, to be better at something, do something completely different. Sure. <laughs> but it, yeah, you know, you'd be like one of those football players taking ballet, right? Yeah. Like, if, if flex is a muscle, uh, you know, again, to pull up David Lee Roth, cause I listened to that three hour, just no, diatribe too. on I Joe Rogan, cross training, cross training. Cause he, he, he kept saying cross training. And once you, once he kind of got to the end, he actually had some good stuff to say. It was just getting through all of the Dave. There's a lot of Dave to slog through in that thing. I listened to it cause you recommended it and I'm glad that I did. I was driving to Knoxville, so I had some time. Oh, perfect. Um, but, uh, there's a lot of Dave, a lot of Dave to get through there. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 He ends every single sentence with okay. Yeah. But he was asking questions, which I was like blown away by. I was like, oh, wait, he took no, a second he, to ask Joe something. <laughs> yeah, no, he was engaging with Joe too. Like it was, it was cool. It was actually a pretty cool interview. It was, it was neat to listen to. And, and you know, the way that he takes himself on and the way he, you know, put himself in EMT training and was a paramedic for five years and, you know, because it was going to develop something that he wouldn't get trained in otherwise. Like very cool. Yeah. Very he, cool. He, he's definitely a lot of people are like, Oh, Dave, David Lee Roth's crazy. But like, it's, it's very apparent listening to that interview. Like, no, his brain just works differently than people, yeah. other people's. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's Showman, just one of those people salesman. that, yeah, he just jumps into anything he does with both feet. Yep. Yeah. And that's kind of what it takes to be a front man. You know, you got to be able to, um, you know, stand there and sell that you're there and be, be the one that's there. You know, I've set it up mostly in my band career that I'm one of two. Um, that's the way it is in my current band and that's the way it was in, in my last band. And, and I'll tell you, with with uh, Justin, my co-frontman in the Clanky Lincolns, we have developed a – I mean, first of all, he and I are just super close. We before, like we connected and snapped together like magnets. I mean, he and I are – you know, we say musical soulmates. Yeah. Um, and we've developed a way to be at the front of the stage together that is um, playful and and supportive of one another, and um, but also with like a like a fun competitive thing that's not really real, but for the show it is. And um, uh, it's 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 a neat dynamic we built, but it's happened over the course of a lot of hours on a stage, and. Um, that's the only, you know, the only other thing I can think of that will get you confident and comfortable is on a, st- on a stage is just hours on one. Yeah. Hour, and, and I mean, hours and hours and hours on one. Yeah. I mean the, but I guess to kind of clarify, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be hours and hours and hours singing 
in front of a band. No, not at all. It's just getting getting comfortable on stage. Yep. You know, for 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 me and for for Dan, we both had theater backgrounds. Um, in in high school, you know, I was in show choir, so. <laughs> Red sequin bow ties and vests and, and nice. doing vocal jazz with choreography. Um, nice. Hey, man, I yeah. was in a class that was mostly girls. Yeah, no, and, I'm uh, with you. And I did okay. I'm with you. Listen, I was, um, I was in musical theater. I was, uh, we did Bye Bye Birdie my mm-hmm. freshman year, and I was one of the, one of the teenage hangers-on. Um, and I was also playing in the pit. Um, so I was going back and forth that whole show. Um, I don't think I was in it the next year. My senior year, I was the lead in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Nice. Um, or as we nicknamed it, the cast nicknamed it Seven Hoes for Seven Bros. Nice. Yeah. That's not very woke anyway, of you. No, well, it was uh, like 1990. Woke wasn't a thing yet. No. Everybody was still um, sleeping. Still sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Point is... Um, you know, it takes it takes practice. Now, until you, um, until you have that, <laughs> you you've got gigs booked. <laughs> you're you know, if you're not there yet with it, um, the advice I would give somebody who's going to be a frontman for the first time, front person for the first time, yep, trying to, try to be woke, better than right. It was in 1990. Um, and I'm going to say this badly. I'm going to say this like because I can't. Maybe you can help me. Think yeah, I've, I've got it. I've got like, words around it, but I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, fire one. Well, because fake it till you make it isn't really what I want to say here. No, because it's not fake. There's nothing fake about it. But you want to be clear. You are acting. You are performing. That's not. That's not you on stage. So if you know yourself as shy or nervous or. Um, you know, sweaty or just any of the ways that don't work as a front man, it's fine because that's not you on stage. That's a character you're playing. Yes. And, and like a great actor, you know, you look at, um, you know, Denzel who so inhabits the character, like Denzel disappears and who's there is that guy. Right. And, and you want to be that way about it. You want to get yourself to a place where you are, you know, uh, the David Lee Roth, or well, but probably wouldn't be appropriate for much of what we do. No, it to be David Lee Roth exactly. But that's the idea, you know. Be that outgoing, that you know, super happy, that nothing can throw me, that that space of um, party cheer that a frontman's got to be. Even if for you, the minute you step down off the stage, you're not any of that. Yeah, um, it is an acting job. Fundamentally, it's an acting job, and it's not. Um, so I'm not I'm not saying be fake about it because that's not acting either, but I'm also not saying be yourself exactly if how you know yourself doesn't work. The, what I was going to say is ready, fire, aim. <laughs> okay, that's good too. So you know this is a process, and any if you go through your rolodex of of your favorite lead singers, the best frontmen of all time, the people that like really did it for you or inspired you watch what they do. Because if you, if you go back and you watch what they're doing, it evolves over time one. Mm-hmm. So it's something that kind of manifests in, in kind of is, is formed as they progress. Um, and what, what they, if, if you look at old footage, what you are seeing is them imitating their idols. That's right. 
So, you know, you have guys like James Brown who, you know, launched a hundred ships, yeah. uh, as far as entertainers go. Yeah. Um, and, and look at who he influenced and then how those people took, th- you know, what he was doing and then found other sources of inspiration and kind of merged them together. So, you know, you've got a guy like Prince who very clearly was inspired by James Brown. Yeah. But then, Jackson too. yeah, but then, you know, took their influences from other sources, you know, um, breakdancing and, and urban culture or, mm-hmm. or, you know, more straight up funk and kind of just built their own, built their own palaces, uh, with, you know, James Brown's foundation or guys like, you know, look at what, um, look at like your, like a Mick Jagger and see, you know, how many people aped his moves and then kind of, you know, co-opted their own stuff into that or guys like Axl Rose who had their own unique style. And, you know, what you can do is you can just take a little bit from one guy and something from another. Maybe you, maybe you're doing that thing that Robert Plant does where he kind of holds the mic and kind of flips his wrist while he's singing. And maybe you, you do a, you know, you do a little chicken walk like Mick for a couple of bars and maybe you do a duck walk because it's a guitar solo or you want to do a little Angus Young or, I mean, you just pick and choose the little things that you, that you can, that you can remember and then that over time can become what you do. So that's what I mean by kind of ready, fire, aim. Like mm-hmm. just pick stuff and, you know, you'll, you'll figure out what works and what doesn't work and then you can add more things. I mean, yep. every time I, I see somebody, I'm always like, what are they doing? What can I add? That's, yep. I, I'm always looking at that. It's like, what, what, what am I seeing that I can, in, you know, implement in my Absolutely. own performances? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then... Um, one important thing about whether something worked or not, <laughs> checking in with your feeling about it is not reliable. No. Right? Because your feeling about how you move on stage, unless you get, unless you are at that place where you don't, you know, you heard that what this episode was going to be about and you moved on, um, you are always going to judge yourself harsher than, than reality and even if not, you just can't, you can't turn around fast enough to see yourself. Right. So my, you know, I've recommended this a lot of times. It really is crucial when you're trying to do something as physical as being a front man, you got to videotape it. Yeah. I've, I, you know, videotape, um, rehearsal, although know that you'll be self-conscious in a different way in rehearsal than you were self-conscious on stage in front of an audience. Different kinds of self-consciousness, right? If you're self-conscious that you're being filmed, <laughs> that's, you'll, you'll be off in one way. And if you're self-conscious that there's an audience there, it'll be a whole different thing. Because one will give you back energy and the other won't. Right. It doesn't give you any energy back. Um, but if you can actually look at live footage of your show and really assess your, um, your performance, you'll see stuff that worked and you'll see stuff that didn't work. And if you can kind of like push back from being your own hardest critic and, and really look at it objectively, you know, maybe get, get somebody you trust to watch it with you. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, that's, that's how we learn is we try, we iterate, we improve, you know, it's agile for front manning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know how many times I have done something that um, I thought was cool that I was told by others was not cool. <laughs> and then how many things I did that I thought was stupid where people like, oh, no, when you did that thing, that was really neat. So, you know, we, we just don't have – we don't have the feedback loop in internally. You have to, you have to source it yep. with outside people in order to get, you know, a fair shake. Um, because the last thing you want is to ha- is to continually do something that annoys your audience or you know the people <laughs> on stage. Yeah, uh, and I've definitely had people say stuff to me in between sets. You know, you know, drummers kind of get get it the worst because I mean they they have to look at you. I mean they don't have to, but you know that you are basically the thing that you know they are presented with on a nightly basis. So <laughs> right, right. I take my uh, I take my my drummer's opinion very seriously because mm. he, uh, he has the honor and burden of, uh, staring at my butt all night. Yep. Yep. Double edged sword, man. Listen, hope he doesn't have one. <sighs> that was a terrible joke. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to tell it on stage. This night. Yeah. So. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Here's your feedback. Don't use that. Don't use that. Yeah. Well, all right. I think that's, you know, I think, I think that kind of, um, boy, we could just do a whole podcast series on being, you know, performance and being a front person and, you know, physicality. We touched on that many episodes ago. Um, but I just think it's something we can't, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just revisit it periodically. I'm yeah. sure. I mean, um, it, it can't be stressed enough and, and it, it is, um, it's one of the, one of the, one of these skills that, um, you just kind of have to face head on and you don't, it can be, it can be dealt with in so many different ways. It could be dance classes. It could be improv classes. It could be singing classes. Sure. It could be, yeah. you know, just slugging it out night after night. Um, but until you really, you know, it's, it's like the outliers book. It, you put your 10,000 hours in. It doesn't mean that once you hit 10,000 hours, you've got it down. It just means that you're at a, a level of competency that gives you um, more leeway to, you know, kind of try different things and you're not really worried about the mechanics of it anymore. It's more like, no, eh, I'll do this tonight. And, you know, it's, it's just getting the, um, getting the ability to walk on stage and just be like, okay. And just do your thing. Yep. And not overanalyze it. Even though we've spent the last 45 minutes overanalyzing <laughs> everything we do. So again, don't listen to us. We are stupid. We don't know what we are talking about. We just have ideas and we share them with you. For a year now. For one year. You've gotten a year's worth of brain dumps. Um, and it's mostly been good advice, I would hope. I hope. I don't think we've steered any, anybody out of the business just yet. Yeah, no one sued us. No. Not that they... <laughs> they, can have, they can have a portion of our profits. <laughs> you know what? Cut you can have, you can have all the profits. <laughs> as long as they cover all the expenses. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we're... I th- nah, I've paid. I paid this mic off. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I Not think. Good. Yeah. No, that was a good conversation. Um. Once again, thanks, guys. It's been. Uh, it's been quite a year, and uh, I'm glad that all of you have uh, been a part of it and have been willing to share your time with us. You know, I I I do have a couple of uh, regular listeners who text me when's the episode coming out or, you know, (laughs) 
laughing about something that was said. And, you know, the other thing is, is that I'm sure there's stuff that y'all think is funny. We don't even know that we're doing, um, you know, cause again, this is mostly off the cuff. We have, sometimes we have stuff to talk about and other times we just kind of wing it. Yep. But, um, we're, uh, we're glad that, uh, that you continue to tune in week after week and, um, we sure do appreciate you on that note. I will call it for this week. From Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 45, a year's worth of Cover Band Confidential. Have a good week.